Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. from uh, Sports City Chefs alongside with me today is Chandler. Chandler, how are you doing this evening? I'm tired. Tired, man. We're going to pep it up. we got a lot of stuff to get to. We just got another uh, notification that just came in on another move. So without further ado, like let's uh, go ahead and pay a couple of really quick bills. Uh, Quick shout out to the big homie TP. Without him, probably none of us would be here, man. Also, respect to the other chefs. And real quick, don't forget PHI Apparel. Uh, that's for all your uh, Philly clothing needs. They already got the Trey Turner uh, shirts ready. So PHI Apparel co um, is where you could get your Philly clothing: Flyers, Eagles, Phillies, all those guys, man. So Seventy um, Sixers. Uh, just go to phiapparel.co, use the promo code CHEFS at checkout for 15% off right there. And Chandler, man, <laughs> the last couple of years, it feels like some of these transactions have kind of been slow coming or taking place in baseball, uh, but not this year, right, man? We got a lot to get to and a lot of transactions to talk about, huh? gates have opened. The money faucet is running. <laughs> All right, so we're going to um, – we got one – we talked about this before. We're going to hit just a couple of uh, – kind of view – hit them all and kind of in an overview, overview, and then we're going to stop and talk about them. So real quick, uh, the one closest to your heart as far as uh, your local team, go ahead and uh, go ahead and update that transaction as far as what, what went down yesterday. <laughs> um, it, 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 listen, uh, the dude played it perfectly, used his leverage. He, he bent the Yankees over and spanked them. So uh, they had to resign him. They did a huge signing. Um, but 
you know, I, now a lot of, I, I don't know, a lot of people say, oh, yeah, yeah, what would you be without, without uh, a judge? Well, you know, we were, the Yankees were the Yankees when Reggie left. The Yankees were the Yankees when a lot of people left. They'll still be the Yankees. But I like the signing. It's a good signing. I didn't really want him to go anywhere. So I think it's a good move. So just for clarification, Sports City, Aaron Judge signed a nine-year, $160 million, I'm sorry, nine-year, $307 about to short the man for real, uh, nine-year, $360 million contract to stay uh, with the Yankees. This is going to be a recurring theme as we go uh, throughout. We had a lot of big money deals. Uh, you know, one thing I heard on this deal was that the Padres were said to be offering uh, up around $400 million. And I also heard that the Giants were close to matching it. Uh, the way the story went down as far as uh, as far as far Chandler's favorite New York uh, uh, broadcaster said on his show yesterday was that uh, Cyber and them came out, though, and asked him uh, who he really wanted to play for, and they made him a deal close to what he was being offered to see if that was enough to make him uh, take the deal. So I don't know, Chandler, your thoughts, because – uh, they're gonna spin the narrative or try to spin the narrative in which and say that uh, he did take a little bit less money uh, to remain in the Bronx. What are your thoughts on that? He was going to go. He was going to go to San Francisco. Um, now, four hundred right. million in San Diego, you can live lovely. <laughs> I don't really think that the Padres. He saw himself. But I think he saw himself in the Giants uniform. Absolutely. Um, and yes, he wanted to stay, but he also told the Yankees, "What? Yeah, I want to be here, but this is the offer they're giving me. So, if you're willing to match it, I'll come back. If you're not, it is. It is. Um, can't, they they coughed up the extra year. They coughed up. Uh, <clears throat> and Bob's your uncle, so they got it done. Um, the thing that's going to bother me now is, is all the people who are going to try to use this as an excuse. Well, they can't spend any more money." Like the Yankees are some some low budget team, so they better go ahead and keep spending money. All I know. Well, they definitely have uh, some things to get figured out on that team. They got a hole in left field, uh, unless they bring Ben Intendi back, or you know, what are they going to do there? We also have, you know, uh, there's talk they can definitely use some stuff with their pitching staff. So are they going to pony up for Carlos Rodon, or? Any other pictures? Some other ones have fallen off the market. So I'm going to go ahead and hit uh, a couple of the really big ones, and then Taylor and I will go through each of these individually. Kind of in this top tier of transactions and things that, that have happened over this last week. So two of the four shortstops have signed. Uh, Trey Turner signs 11 years, $300 million with the Philadelphia Phillies. And then not to be outdone late last night, Xander Bogart signs 11 years, $280 million to go to those aforementioned uh, San Diego Padres. Uh, a couple other ones real quick, and then we'll uh, come back to these. Jacob DeGrom kind of started this whole thing uh, up. He takes a deal to go to the Rangers. I want to say the numbers wrong on that deal. I want to say about five years, 175, but I would have to double-check the number. Uh, on that the Grom deal and then the Mets uh, move quickly to sort of fill that void and they get Justin Verlander 
on at least two years, $86.6 million. I think there's a a mutual opt-out or mutual option for the third year on that deal. And then also uh, kind of on this same market or same level, there's a lot of talk about this man being traded last year. And so now the guy who was the backstop for the Cubs, uh, Wilson Contreras, moves over and signs with the St. Louis Cardinals to be the next catcher uh, for this organization. Um, So I feel like that's a big move for the Cardinals moving to sort of replace a retired great there. And then I'm going to add this one to the mix, uh, Chandler. It just came through my notifications as we were coming on the air. Uh, Brandon Nimmo is going to return to the New York Mets. Uh, We're looking at about eight years, $160 million uh, for Brandon Nimmo to go to the Mets. Uh, So, yeah, you know, Chandler, you gave me your comments on Judge. I'm going to say that I felt like um, if he wanted to come back there, I felt like they they couldn't let this guy go. Uh, They did bring him back. We will see what this means as far as uh, what they add to that, but I, I think that you could very possibly see Aaron Judge moving forward as that next quote unquote Yankees captain, right? It was Mattingly, it was Jeter, and now we haven't had another one since, and I think it very well could be could be Aaron Judge. Uh, Taylor, do you have anything else on Judge before we move on to the next one? Uh, I'm not about the whole captain thing with him, but it is what it is. They're going to give it to him, but ah, I don't really see him as a captain, but that's about all I got for Judge. Maybe maybe he can grow into it, though, right? Like, I mean, he got him for nine years, so maybe he can grow into that <laughs> role. <laughs> yeah. uh, he, he, got, he got him for a while. Okay, so uh, next really big, big deal. Uh, let's hit the shortstops first. Um so I'm going to give thoughts here and then come right back to you, Chandler. On the Trey Turner deal, 11 years, $300 million um, with the Philadelphia Phillies. Once again, there was a lot of talk that the Padres were in on this trade. I think at the end of the day, Trey Turner wanted to be back on the East Coast. I know he's got a close relationship with Bryce Harper from his time in Washington. Uh, and to me – at least in the short term, this trade really, really completes that Phillies team, right? You move Bryson Stock over to second base. Uh, you bring in a guy who could be your leadoff hitter. And so now you can drop Schwarber down in that order. So you're looking at um, a top of the order in some way, shape, form, or fashion of Turner, Riamuto, and Harper. And then in the middle of the order, you got like uh, Bohm and Schwarber and Castellanos and Hoskins, and then you know your your last two guys uh, in your order right there would be the aforementioned stock, and then whoever's playing center field, Brandon Marsh possibly. Um, so I think this is a formidable lineup uh, for the Phillies. I think adding some speed at the top. You already got a catcher who runs more than any other catcher in baseball, uh, but I think adding some speed at the top who also has some power. For the short term, I think this really does make this Phillies lineup even more balanced and more formidable going into next season. Chandler, your thoughts on the Trey Turner signing 
uh, with the Philadelphia Phillies. Well, this is this his this signing was a situation of happy wife, happy life. Um, his wife wanted to go back to the East Coast. Um, she wanted to be close to the home. So at the Padres, even though they did offer again, they offered more money, but you know that was a case of and and also we have to look at the fact that uh, you got people he's played with before. You have the hitting coach who he had some of his best seasons with. So you throw all that in the pot. I think it was an easy decision, especially once they threw, once they threw $300 million out there. Um, but I like the signing for Philly. Now, me personally, um, I would move Real Mutual. Down. I don't like Real Mutual hitting that high up because he's a run producer, and he's, you know, he's a good contact guy. He runs well. I think you put him at five. Maybe you put you go um, Turner, either Stott or Marsh in the, in the two slot, or Schwarber, maybe Schwarber in the two slot, but I, I prefer contact guys who can shorten the stroke. You, you give me somebody in that two slot, you put Harper in the three slot, um, and then you can fill in from there. But then, you know, because now you, what you have, you have contact, contact, power, power, contact, power, power, you know, and then more contact, contact. So I like, I like variety. I don't like the same type of guys hitting behind each other. But that's a great – it's a great signing for Philly. They have decided that they are going for it. Um, they're going to capitalize on what's going on. So uh, I think it was really smart what they did. Um, I like the move, especially given with all the rules changes. This dude might steal 100 bases, man. So it's a good move for Philly. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. And I I do think that with, uh, with uh, Remuto – being able to run, you could really uh, cause some havoc on those bases. But I, I definitely see your point. I could see him in the five hole as well. Um, I think I like him second, but I, I could definitely, uh, I could definitely go either way. But yeah, with the new rules this year, and I got another comment on that as we as we lead into this next guy in a second. But yeah, I mean, you got pitch clocks. You got number of times you can throw over. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see you know, how that affects the game and the stolen base. And now the lack of a, of a shift uh, moving into next year. And so I think that, to me, that's going to uh, be really interesting to see how that, that lack of a shift affects uh, some of these shortstops towards the end of their contracts and if people end up having to, you know, move off the position uh, which I think is definitely going to be the case with with uh, a couple of these guys, this, this next guy that I mentioned. So we mentioned the Padres kind of getting spurned. Uh, they, you know, were in on Judge, didn't get him. Uh, they were in on Trey Turner, didn't get him. Well, they at least did get one main guy last night. And the Padres, you know, once again, they're right there with the Phillies. They feel like they're right on the verge of this. And they make the move. It comes down late last night. Uh, they go 11 years and $280 million for Xander Bogarts. Uh, you know, Boston people not happy. There was talk that they were going to – yesterday they might be able to re-sign him. Uh, at the end of the day, he gets out of town. Xander Bogarts is gone. Your thoughts, Chandler, on Bogarts to the San Diego Padres? It's – criminal what they're letting Heim Bloom do. Listen, I'm no Red Sox fan. I'm a Yankee fan. Hate the Red Sox. But I also respect the fact that this rivalry has been going on for well over 100 years. Okay? 
Um, and it's criminal what Hein Bloom is doing. If you weren't going to re-sign Bogan, you should have traded him at the deadline. Now, you got nothing for him. But, <clears throat> excuse me, for the Padres, this is – I like what they're doing um, in San Diego. And everybody keeps saying, well, how can they afford it? How can they afford it? Well, they're the only game in town now. They had over 3 million fans last year. You can bank on that again. Add in the fact that they got salaries coming off at the end of the season close to $100 million. And now you have a nucleus of players who you know are going to be there, so you also now have cost certainty for the next 10 years. You know, at your most valuable positions, you now have cost certainty. Now you put Tatis in the outfield, which I honestly don't agree with. Don't tell me that he, if he's prone to getting hurt, yeah, let's put him in the outfield so he can run more, dive more, dive. and run in the walls. Yeah, right. I'm just saying. I, how, how is it? How is he gonna? How is it less injurious for him to play the outfield versus shortstop? But that's a conversation for another day. But I mean, you put him when he comes back in left. You got Soto. Uh, listen, this this uh, they already have that thing. This is a squad right now. I like what AJ Preller is doing, man. I really do like what he's doing. This is going to be a tough lineup to face. You look. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I think I think Bogarts is a, is a really good signing for them. Uh, I think that Kim is a much better defensive shortstop. It doesn't matter though. You paid this guy this money. Uh, they're not going to move him off the shortstop position. I heard Scott Boris in more than one interview say that, you know, listen, Xander Bogarts is not going to sign anywhere where he plays any other position than shortstop. You're putting all this kind of, you know, all this money into this team, though. Eventually, I wonder if that's something that that you look at. But you look at Machado, you look at, uh, you know, Bogarts at short. And I don't know right now if maybe Kim plays second and they move Jake Cronenworth over to first base, um, if that's a yeah. possibility. That, yeah, so they had a hole at first base where Cronenworth has played over there before. Uh, you know, maybe maybe Kim's range at second can help offset Xander a little bit. Like I said, I, I think it's going to be really interesting uh, not having – when you don't have the shifts anymore. Um, what that does – uh, for guys that are not as elite uh, at the shortstop position. So uh, it'll be really interesting to see how that pans out. But you add those guys plus, you know, Soto and and Tatis when he comes back around the 20th of April, this becomes a very formidable uh, lineup to face. Uh, you know, I think they still got a few things to figure out as far as uh, how that outfield rounds out in San Diego, and we still got a few things to figure out, you know, on that pitching staff. You do have Musgrove and you Darvish and Blake Snell in that rotation. Mm-hmm. But how they fill that out behind those guys, not sure yet. Uh, the bullpen, though, we, we saw in the postseason last year, they got some arms coming out of that pit, right? So uh, I, the Padres are really – doing everything they can to take advantage of this window right now and come after the Dodgers. And so now Dodgers lose Turner, Padres sign Bogarts. Uh, they're trying, right? They they finally slayed Big Brother. 
in the postseason last year, and now they are going to take another shot at these guys uh, in the regular season. But this is a this is a big move for the Padres. Uh, you know, we after we talked about Judge, the next two teams we talked about were the two teams in the National League Championship Series. So these teams are clearly showing you that, like, we believe we have staying power and we want to make sure that we're relevant in these discussions moving forward into the next few seasons. So, I mean, listen, we just signed guys to a couple of guys to 11 plus, you know, 11 year deals to help you remain in that, in that discussion. So um, these two guys, along with uh, a couple other guys that have not signed yet, they're going to be kind of linked. We're going to be kind of watching them over the course of uh, these next few years, right, Um, to see kind of how these things sort of uh, uh, pan out. So now let's uh, let's go ahead and get the the catcher signing. I'll hit this one first, Chandler, and then come right back to you on this. Wilson Contreras uh, signs with the Cardinals. I want to say it's five years and 80-some-odd million. Uh, So – uh, Wilson Contreras to the Cardinals. This is a this is big for the Cardinals. This is a catcher that can definitely swing the bat, can run a little bit on the bases. Is athletic. He's not the same kind of uh, defensive catcher as uh, what Yachty was, and he doesn't have quite as much uh, knowledge work and pitching staffs or whatever. But listen, that's uh, Yachty Ermolina is a Hall of Famer. The Cardinals had to do something. Uh, you know, they they talked to the A's about Sean Murphy. They felt like the price, the asking price was a little bit too much. So they pivoted and went in this direction and got Wilson Contreras. Uh, I think he's a good addition to this team, uh, brings some athleticism and a good stick and a decent, uh, a decent glove behind the plate. And also at the same time, a weakening uh, one of your division rivals. Chandler, your thoughts on Wilson Contreras to the Chicago Cubs. I mean, to the St. Louis. Yeah, Cubs. it's another puzzling move by the Cubs. And uh, this makes perfect sense for St. Louis. Um, why trade for somebody when you just go sign somebody? Uh, because Oakland is asking for the sun, the moon, and the stars for a guy that they're going to have to move because you're not going to play him at catcher. And your DH slot is already filled. So what are you going to do? Um, so I don't understand this from Oakland's standpoint. You need to move Sean Murphy, period. But Contreras is, is to me, a more than serviceable replacement or uh, not a replacement. Um, next evolution of their catching position, He he, you know, that whole framing thing, I don't care about that. Can he call a game? Yes, he can. And he can hit. Can he throw people out? Yes, he can. And that's going to be really important, especially as we touched on with the lack of being able to throw the first to hold runners close. You need somebody who who can whose pop time is good, who can get people out. So once again, the Cardinals being the Cardinals, making smart decisions because it's a smart organization. You know, I, I don't necessarily blame the A's for asking for a lot. We'll see if anybody can meet it. But uh, the cupboard is bare. in Oakland, minus these few major league pieces that they might be still looking to trade. Uh, But the A's, knowing what their budgets and whatever, what their budget looks like, they have to maximize their return on some of these uh, talents that are coveted by other teams. So 
I don't blame them for asking too much. I mean, for asking and for a lot. They were asking for Lars Looper. There was um, a pitcher, and I think Brandon uh, Donnelly was the third piece. So those are the three pieces they wanted. A little bit too much uh, for the Cardinals' blood, but they pivot and come back right there. Um, we'll talk about what these guys may do uh, moving forward beyond this, but as far as uh, major, major like high-end transactions, uh, two more on the mound, and then, in the, and then uh, we'll go to the outfield, and then we'll hit uh, some other ones that have happened over the last a uh, few days. Chad, I'm going to come right back to you first on this one. Uh, the Texas Rangers. Uh, Ponying up big. He was officially introduced today. But Jacob DeGrom uh, signing with the Rangers. Your thoughts on this? I think it's a good signing for Texas. When Texas has been good, right, one of the things that they've had is good pitching. There have been periods with, tech, with the Texas Rangers. Okay, Texas Rangers have been to a world they could pitch, especially in that heat and with that new ballpark. And and part listen, they spent money last off season, and what happened? A lot. Um, not not a lot because they couldn't pitch. No, <laughs> so they spent what's a lot the point of money in having? Is what I'm saying. Oh yeah, exactly. So what's the point in spending all that money? Hitters can't pitch. This off season, they said, okay, well now let's go get some pitching. Um, they've got a couple of pitchers. Degrom obviously the centerpiece. Um. Again, he's a guy who, happy wife, happy life. He, you know, everybody, listen, I'm from New York. I don't like New York. Everybody doesn't have to like New York. People are allowed to not want to live in New York. It's funny how that works. He didn't want to be in New York anymore. It had nothing to do with the Mets. He didn't want to live in New York anymore. Okay. So he went to Texas. So all of the criticism, of, oh, he was going to be a Met legend, a baby, 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 Listen, man, shut up. That man has the right to choose where he's going to spend the rest of his baseball career. But like I said, for the Rangers, I think it's a really good move. I like what they're doing in Texas. And if Simeon and Seager can get off the better starts this year, Rangers are going to be a play. They're going to be a player in the West. You know, that's why they call it free agency, right? Because you're free. To go wherever you would like to go, um, and so, yeah, I, like I like the move for the Rangers. I think that you know you definitely had to address things on the pitching side. Now they have some uh, prospects that they're talking about that are on the way. A couple guys that showed us a little bit this year. You know, keep in mind they came back and uh, drafted Kumar Rocker uh, this past summer, who uh, may be major league ready sooner rather than later. Uh, like I said, a few young prospects uh, in that organization that um, a guy that I've uh, done some writing for them, have the pleasure to chop it up with a few times has uh, been talking about. And then, but yeah, I mean, the Rangers come back last off season and drop half a, uh, half a billion dollars on their middle infield. And so, okay, great. You got two guys who are good with the glove, uh, who can hit the ball, now, like you said, you address pitching. You add uh, Degrom there, and I, you know the the question with Degrom isn't is he dominant or can he get people out. The question is can he be on the mound consistently? Can he can he show up to pitch, uh, or is his elbow or arm or shoulder other things going to keep him out um, of that lineup? And so, 
that's going to be ultimately what determines um, how effective of a contract this is or, or how good of an investment this is for the Rangers, I feel like. Uh, because we know, we know that when he comes out, when he takes the mound, that his, his stuff is filthy. And he is definitely uh, a problem, <laughs> and people hate to face this guy. So, uh, you know, I, I look at the Rangers, and you know, I see some some young guys uh, offensively too. They, they they've got some bats, uh, and so yeah, that, this is an uphill battle in the uh, in the West. And before I hit the other pitching signing, uh, this is a uh, another one that just kind of slipped by because it went through. Uh, more than a week ago, but uh, former MVP Chicago, former Chicago White Sox, the Astros in the West signed Jose Abreu uh, to play first base. Uh, the man can still produce runs. Uh, he's still a winner. He's still been a leader. Um, I think that Jose Abreu, like I mean, Goriel has kind of fallen off a little bit uh, this year. Of course, he won a batting title the year before, but Jose Abreu is a quality bat to add to the middle of that. Um, Astros lineup. Chandler, any thoughts on Jose Abreu to Houston? Um, I love it, um, and I hate the Astros. It's a smart move because they needed more offense, but they weren't looking for a slugger. Because, see, Jose Abreu is a run producer. You can produce runs without hitting home runs. He He's he going to hit some bombs now. But he also is going to hit doubles and singles and sacrifice flies, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> and 13 mm-hmm. hoppers up the middle. So I love the signing. Um, honestly, I think that's I think the Mets missed on that because they needed a bat. They needed a right-hand bat, and they let him go to Houston. So, But it was a great signing by Houston. No, I, I love that. Uh, Jose Abreu can still play a good first base, uh, can DH when you need him to, uh, but a winner, right? And uh, so he's a guy that I think will – uh, as a veteran guy, will seamlessly fit into that clubhouse um, in Houston. So uh, that that West, when when you look at when you look at the Astros, uh, now they did lose one piece. We're about to go to next, and then you look at what uh, Seattle has done. That's that's an uphill battle for the Rangers. Angels made a few moves as well. I still think the Angels are a ways away, uh, but. Uh, The Rangers and everybody else has their work cut out for them, even including uh, Seattle, who got Colton Wong. They traded uh, Jesse Winker and Abraham Abram Torres um, to the Milwaukee Brewers in return for Colton Wong, and that was a trade that I think really worked out for both teams. Uh, Milwaukee's been talking about trimming down a little bit on payroll. We'll see, but they got two bats uh, for one. I think Torres can probably slide in and play second base if you want him to uh, for that team. And then you add another corner outfielder in, in Jesse Winker, which is big because you've already you just lost Hunter Renfro as well. I think Hunter Renfro is now with the Angels. So uh, Milwaukee trying to at least right now maybe remain competitive. Though there was some talk that they might uh, look to trade one or both of these pitchers at the front of that rotation um, in order to start slashing some payroll. So. Uh, we will see what happens there. Uh, so we talk about DeGrom uh, leaving the Mets to go to the Rangers. And we talk about Houston adding Abreu. Houston also lost a guy as well. 
Uh, the Mets come right back and give a two-year, $86.6 million contract uh, to Justin Verlander. Uh, Chandler, I'm going to hit this one first and come right back to you. I love this move for the New York Mets. Uh, I believe that if you're not going to have DeGrom, you have a guy who's reinvented himself coming off another Cy Young. Uh, these two guys were paired together in uh, Detroit before. I know they have some other things to figure out as far as what they're going to add, but you at least add another guy at the top of that rotation to give you a one-two punch. Uh, and Justin Verlander in only two years right there. Uh, so, Chandler, your thoughts on the Mets adding Justin Verlander to go along with Max Scherzer there in that rotation? It's it's a brilliant move. Um, this is the third time, by the way, that Brian Cashman has had an opportunity to get Justin Verlander in his career and failed to do it, okay? Three times. He could have got him from Detroit. He could have uh, got him last year. And he could have got him this year, but um, it's 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 a good move. Um, I, I, I'm so sick of people who get hung up on age and money. You have to look at stuff. Verlander's stuff is still amazing. Oh, and he also still knows how to pitch, um, which again is going to keep him healthier. Going to let him eat, pitch the innings he wants to pitch. So it's just a good move all around. Listen, Steve Cohen has been a man of his word since he came to the Mets. He said, I'm coming to spend money and make this team better, and that's exactly what he's done. And, Chandler, you and I talked about this earlier, about how great pitchers continue to reinvent themselves and continue to evolve their game. And Justin Berlander is an example of that, right, as far as being able to, you know, uh, work through his stuff changing and still be – uh, a very effective pitcher. So, uh, listen, you add him to that team. Now the the Mets losing Walker, uh, they did come back and add Jose Quintana to give them some depth in that rotation. Chandler, your thoughts on Quintana to the Mets? Uh, he's an addict. He is basically Taiwan Walker. Uh, it's just, um, you know, same pitcher, uh, just looks a little different. Delivery's a little different, but um, he throws different stuff. But if you really think about it, there's really not a lot of difference between the two of them. They're going to go out there, they're going to battle, they're going to, you know, they're going to throw a lot of pitches. So they may not pitch deep in the games, but they're, they're going to give you a chance to win the game. They're going to keep you in the game and give you a chance to win. So I thought it was smart. Once again, smart people make smart moves. Um, and the, the biggest thing with the Mets are doing, they're being proactive instead of being reactive. Um, I like what they've done. I like Quintana, always have. I think he'll do well in City Field. So right now, the Mets, listen, they don't have that many holes left to fill. Yeah, so you have you have Scherzer and Verlander at the top of that rotation. I think that uh, Carlos Carrasco is still back as well. And now you have Quintana. And I think the the number five job is David Peterson's job to lose. He pitched pretty well at times for them last season. So I think those are probably your top five in that rotation. Uh, they did sign Edwin Diaz back um, very early on in the offseason. Um, he was just named this past week National League Reliever of the Year. Uh, which, you know, that's what 
no, no dog, right? Like, <laughs> this guy almost had two strikeouts uh, for every inning he pitched. I think he had uh, something like 62 strikeouts in 118 innings or something crazy. I mean, it, uh, it was, I mean I'm sorry, 118 strikeouts over 62 innings pitched. So he was, you know, six strikeouts away from doubling up uh, two strikeouts per inning. So, uh, after a little bit of a down year the previous year, he came back and was the best reliever in the league, not only just in the National League this past season. So they lock him up. And then tonight, uh, they lock up their leadoff hitter and center fielder, Brandon Nimmo. Um, eight years, $160 million. Chandler, we talked about this guy a little bit earlier. Uh, let me get your thoughts on this. <laughs> That's a lot for a glorified slap hitter, man. Um, listen, I get it. Um, he is an integral to the fabric of that team and the clubhouse, all of those things. I'm not giving Brandon Nimmo $168 million, man. I'm sorry. Um, I wouldn't have done it. But, like I said, Steve Cohen said he would spend money. So he's spending money. Um, they wanted to keep him. He was their guy. They ponied up. Can't fault you. I'm never going to fault team for paying their own player. So, listen, congratulations, Brandon Nemo. Who would have thought that when the Mets drafted him out of Wyoming, oh, and they got, which they got criticized for, that people don't mm-hmm. remember, they got criticized for signing, drafting him. Well, you get some guy who hasn't played from Wyoming. They, what do they play baseball two days a year? All of this stuff. Now, now he's part of the fabric of your organization. So, uh, good job, Brandon. Get that bag. Um, <laughs> wow, hundred sixty-eight million. Wow. Right. I, I look at this. Uh, I look at this move too with Brandon Nimmo, and I'm like, this guy has got to be healthy for this team. Uh, this past year, he was healthy the majority of the year, uh, and I know because he uh, he helped me win a fantasy uh, football, uh, fantasy baseball championship. And I think in the other league, I had him in. I finished second in the league. So, uh, Brandon Nimmo is a is a nice piece. Uh, he really. You know, people wondered exactly where he was going to hit on this team. You know, he slid into the leadoff spot for this team and did a really good job all year long. Uh, did a good job setting the table uh, for those guys behind him in that order. Um, so, yeah, I mean, listen, he, he produced. And he, like you said, you can't fault the team for keeping their own guys at home. You're you're very familiar with him. You know what you have. So uh, he doesn't play a bad center field either. So they keep him home, and uh, that one's done with the Mets. They still got a couple of things to figure out, a few free agents. I mean, if you look around that 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 infield, I mean, what we have uh, Alonzo still at first base, right? Um, have we? Do we know what second base is yet for the Mets this year? McNeil. Um, it's going to be McNeil. Was, okay, McNeil was not a free agent. Okay, so you have McNeil uh, playing second base. You have Lindor. At short, Escobar. Um, if you don't do Escobar, it, if you don't do anything else, Escobar or does Brett Beatty come up and get a shot uh, this year at third base? And then you look in the outfield, you got Nimmo, and then uh, was Marte? Is he back? Yeah, Marte's back. Their, their outfield okay, is Mar- still exactly what it was. They didn't see. They didn't really lose any position players. The right. signings that now they need. Yeah, they need a DH. They need to be, which again, why I said a Brayu, but 
there are some guys out there that you can bring in on on a one-year deal, a Luke Voigt, people like that, to to fill a DH role. Or, again, you can bring up the kid Beatty. Um, you can bring up the kid Alvarez. They have some some built-in replacements already in their system that I think are closer than people give credit for. So, they, they, like I said, they don't have a lot left to do. Right now, it's just basically kind of filling out, the, putting the trim on a, putting the uh, the trim on the uh, on on the house. You know what I'm saying? You just got to paint the trim now. Yeah. Pretty much built the house. Well, I feel like uh, so you look, Canha, uh, Nemo, Marte, and then there's uh, another right. guy out there. Uh, what Naquin or whatever? I guess is still kind of around. Um, and, and then again, maybe does, is Vogelback still? Uh, on that team, was he still continue past this year? Not, I, I'm not sure. I, yeah, I think he's a free agent. But the other thing is, if you stick Beatty at third, Eduardo Escobar can play the outfield. He can play multiple positions. So you could also guess put what? Now you have second base and put and put McNeil in left field if you had to. Exactly. So you have some roster flexibility now because you have guys who can play multiple positions. We even mentioned Luis Guillorme. You know what I'm saying? We didn't mention him. Yeah, yeah. So, and like, Luis Guillaume was a was a much it was much better than I thought he was going to be last year. Did a nice job at third base for them uh, at times. So, uh, this is a this is a team who definitely you know like you said this now just the trim right. And so, uh, I feel like this is a theme for a lot of these contending teams this year, as opposed to last year to some of the last couple of off season. I mean, obviously, I know one of them last year was different because of the uh, lockout and all this. But this is very interesting in that I think a lot of teams, especially the contending ones, are trying to get a lot of this uh, figured out or a lot of their off-season to-do list stuff done before Christmas this year, right? Like, so at least uh, as, I'm, as I'm ringing in the new year, I got a good idea. Of uh, of what I'm going to have, right? So uh, right. we mentioned Taiwan Walker a second ago leaving the Mets. He slots in in that Philly rotation. Uh, let's see, behind Wheeler, behind Nola, and then him. I feel like there's one other guy that I'm uh, that I'm missing in that top four in Philly. But Taiwan Walker is Philly. Suarez. Suarez. There you go. As a, so Walker's probably your number four. Uh, there in Philadelphia, and then we just talked about Nimmo. Uh, we've talked about Quintana. There's a, a few other ones that I want to make sure we hit before we kind of uh, project here, because I got a couple thoughts on the on the uh, on the Mets as well. Oh, let's go. Uh, this is another one, Chandler, that I know you're kind of uh, interested to talk about, and, and I have some thoughts too, but. I'm going to throw this one to you first. Um, the Chicago Cubs. Um, they, they Let's go ahead and hit both of their moves. A, they signed Jamison Tyon, uh, but to me even bigger than that, uh, Tyon gets a four-year deal from the Cubbies. Uh, but then they also come back and on a one-year sort of prove a deal to allow this guy to recoup, recoup a little bit of his value. They also ponied up $17.5 million dollars. For Mr. Cody Bellinger. So your thoughts here on these moves by the Cubs? That's a smart move. Everybody keeps talking about, oh, he's a bum. He's washed up. First of all, he's not Joey Gallo. I hate that comparison. This man won an MVP. 
Secondly, he's only 27 years old, coming off basically a shoulder reconstruction. If all he is is near all-star level, <laughs> you've got a 27-year-old all-star. If he becomes remotely what he was, you now have a foundational piece. Or if you're out of it, and the Cubs will be because I don't know what the hell they're doing over there, but if they're out of it by the all-star, by the trade deadline, a healthy, productive Cody Bellinger, Dude, you can get two or three prospects for him because you don't think that the New York Yankees would say, hey, we'll take him. You don't think the New York Mets would say, hey, we'll take him. Or the Houston Astros or the L.A. or the Dodgers or the Braves. You know, um, if he is remotely close to the Cody Bellinger who won MVP, this is one of the smarter moves that was made that people don't, aren't really going to pay attention to. Yeah, I look at that, and I mean, you mentioned prospects, and that's true, but you can also get a prospect and maybe maybe a major league ready talent or a major league player um, in a move like that. So, Cody Bellinger, I think this is a win-win for both parties involved here. The the Cubs get him on a one-year deal. Seventeen and a half million, so it doesn't break the bank. And for Cody Bellinger, like if he does bounce back, this is kind of him betting on himself in a way. So if he does bounce back and have the kind of years that he wants, then he can either maybe lock up something more long term in Chicago or it allows him to sort of re enter that free agent market again next year and see what he can get. Yep. So uh, not a bad move for for the Cubs there. Let's see. I'm just kind of skirting around the league to see what other transactions John, I might have missed. Josh so, Bell to Cleveland. Josh Bell to Cleveland is a move that no one's talking about. You love just this, put love this move. Thumper but you put a thumper in there, so now it's not going to work. Is Josh Bell has finally figured out that he's not a slugger. He's a line drive hitter with power. He's not a home run hitter. He's a line drive. He's a gap-to-gap line drive hitter. Now, you put him in that lineup now, you're not counting on Austin Hedges and Josh Naylor. You have a bona fide threat in that lineup. So, um, this, again, Smart organization, smart move uh, with Cleveland. You're right. And the thing about it is once he's figured that out, so even this past year, his average was a little bit down. He did slump for a little while. But he's the guy that, like, he can if he hits 280, he may have a 380 on base percentage, right? Because mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. he started to draw his walks. Now you, like, listen, Cleveland needed another bat in the playoffs. They've got pitching. Um, and this team really turned out to be a really young, um, but very exciting team to watch play. People said going into this year, oh, it's going to be Jose Ramirez and nothing else. How are they going to keep their head above water? Listen, Stephen Quam was a very good leadoff hitter this past year and uh, burst mm-hmm. onto the team. 
right? Uh, listen, they tried to move him off a shortstop a couple of different times, and all he did was win his way back in the position the former Met, Ahmed Rosario, had a great year uh, this past year for the uh, Cleveland Guardians. Andres Jimenez, he was the guy they tried to supplant Rosario with at shortstop, but because Rosario stuck, well, Jimenez uh, settled in at second base. He was an all-star uh, this uh-huh. past year um, at second base for this team. Um, their center fielder this past year, uh, Miles Straw, can run. I don't know if they're going to do anything with him, but he could, he could run. He could steal some bases. Um, but this Cleveland team, listen, they got rid of their biggest power guy because they weren't happy with what he was giving them, who then goes and signs with uh, – with the Cubs, uh, Reyes, Fran, uh, not Fran, but that's the guy from uh, Houston. Uh, but Reyes. No, Fran Mill uh, Reyes. Fran Mill Reyes. Yeah. Fran Mill Reyes. Yeah. Fran Mill Reyes. Uh, it then goes to the Cubs. But, you know, they, they still have a lot of young talent. This Cleveland team has lots of prospects that are really close to. You look at this pitching staff. Uh, they got a bona fide ace. They got a couple solid arms behind him. And now you get Josh Bell, who he he might have struggled when he first went to uh, San Diego, but he's played in both small and large markets. Uh, you plug him in at first base, two years, $33 million. Uh, you're still going to see Josh Naylor, but you're not going to have to have uh, what's your boy Owen uh, – they had a, uh, a kid who played some second base, some first base this past year, but is more of a second baseman. I love that. Uh, I, I love what Josh. <coughs> I, I love what uh, what Josh Bell gives this Cleveland team. Like you said, he's a. Mm-hmm. You talked about it early. He's a run producer. You can be a run producer without being a, a slugger, and if these guys. If Quam can continue to get on base at a high level, you continue to get uh, production from Rosario or uh, Jimenez, whoever you have up there. Jose Ramirez is going to Jose Ramirez. I don't care what anybody says anymore. Yep. Like, I'm just convinced those numbers are going to be there every year. He is and partly because of that market. Uh, there's a lot of good third basemen. There's a lot of good players in baseball. But <clears throat> for – for my money, Jose Ramirez is as good as you're going to find in baseball, man. Like, quietly, really, still underrated, I feel like, and I don't know how. Um, but Jose Ramirez is just, I mean, he's that guy. Even the year that he started off really bad, you look up at the end of the year, the numbers were, you know what I mean? They were still there uh, for, for Jose Ramirez. So, <clears throat> you add uh, you add Josh Bell to this lineup, this does help this Cleveland team. A team that's not going to go out and spend a lot of money, and they didn't have to. I mean, $16 million right. is a bargain for what he's going to bring mm-hmm. that team. Um, and so, I mean, some people some people shop at Louis Vuitton and Coach, and, you know, some people shop at Coles and Marshalls. But if you get value out of the money that you spend and it really helps your overall team, hey, man, more power to you. Josh Bell is going to be uh, exactly. a nice addition for this team. Uh, they're going to get, you know, that. For a lot less money, they're going to get uh, every bit as much as what the Padres probably hoped they were going to get out of Hosmer, which is still – I'm going to leave that contract alone. Uh, but that's still one of the bad contracts to me that was, uh, that was signed. But um, – so just uh, 
trying to hit some other highlights of guys uh, before we project here. And we, I think we mentioned Andrew Heaney added to that rotation and, uh, you know, to go with the girls. Texas. Yeah, miss yeah, miss me with miss me with Andrew Heaney. He's a bum. I don't I don't care what anybody says. The guy's he, only pitched he, well he, in L.A. The hell with him. Uh, well, the man, it, it sure didn't work out with the Yankees either. But it's really weird because there there were a few performances last year when he came out. It was just like they, people couldn't do anything with him. And then uh, it, it's weird. It's uh, I saw somebody say this the other day. The Yankees saw something. Uh, multiple people have saw, have seen something, but uh, hasn't always panned out. Taylor, we got about um, we got about eight or nine minutes. Seven minutes. I, yeah, I'm gonna hit any just kind of overall thoughts. One, uh, just looking at all these moves, we can project forward to. But I'm gonna take about thirty seconds here and just say, um, I think that the Mets are once again telling you, like you said, they're gonna spend the money, but they're they're ready to load up. You got short term deals on these pitchers. We'll figure out what happens after that. But the Mets are telling you that in a year, if Shohei Otani has changed his mind and is willing to go to the East Coast, they're going to be in the conversation. When Juan Soto comes up in a couple of years, they're going to be in the conversation. Um, when Devers becomes a free agent, Boston lets him out of town, they're going to be in the conversation. Even Manny Machado, if they decide they want to be, the Mets are showing you we're, going to, we're willing to pony up and spend money on these guys and these are proven guys, but we're not locking ourselves up right now. Uh, long term. Right. Any, any thoughts on that, yeah. or overall thoughts on any other teams and what they're doing right now? I, you know, you gave us thoughts on the Padres earlier. Any other uh, uh, you thoughts on the uh, Mets or anything else right now? I like what the Mets have done. I like what the Phillies have done. The National League East is going to be a monster <laughs> for years to come. I mean, we haven't even mentioned the Braves because they ain't really have to. You know what I'm saying? And they still made a couple of moves, and they didn't have to. Um, Milwaukee is Milwaukee. They'll be there, but I don't really see them as a threat to do anything. But I like what Texas has done. I don't know what the hell they're doing in Chicago. I'm going to keep saying that because I don't know what the hell they're doing in Chicago. And for all you Red Sox fans, um, go ahead and be and, and get all your Rafael Devers jerseys now because he's going to be gone after this coming season. Because, again, I don't know what the hell Heim Bloom. <clears throat> Heim Bloom should be fired for malfeasance at this point. He should be fired for malfeasance because this Red, is ridiculous Red, what they're doing. Red Sox did add Kenley Jansen as a closer, um, and then they add, they also paid a record amount for this uh, Japanese position player. I think he's an infielder, but I'm not 100% sure. No, he's outfielder. He I no, he's, he's, okay. a, left, he's so, a left fielder. Um, okay. but, but here's the thing. So, we got a pitch clock coming in, right? You got a pitch clock coming in. Right. So you add the slowest <laughs> pitcher in the major leagues, right? You add a guy yeah. who is not in his prime. You add a guy who is going to miss time because of his heart condition. It happens every season. So right. I'm sorry. Yeah. How is that a positive? I know you and I. You and I talked today. <clears throat> you worry Dansby's going to get uh, short into the stick. Uh, I'm not sure that's the case. Uh, we got Correa still to sign. But listen, Sports City, there's been a lot of uh, free agents, a lot of players signed, top-tier guys signed. But 
Make no mistake, uh, and Chandler, if you want to uh, speak on this, if you want to, real quick, and then I know there was one other thing that you wanted to mention that happened today, so I'm gonna have you do that as your as your closeout, if you don't mind. Uh, but there's still a lot of value to be had out there on the free agent market. There really is. Um, aside from the two shortstops, you have think about the fact that you have guys like Joey Gallo, Gold Glove outfield. I don't care the fact that he can't; he's Gold Glove outfield, right? There are guys on the market that in two or three years ago, we'd be looking to, they'd be looking to make it $20, $25 million a year. You're probably going to be able to get them for 10 or 15 You know, there's still people out there. I don't know what Andrew Benintendi's doing, and honestly, I don't care because at this point, I don't want him. Um, you obviously don't want to be here, so go somewhere else, and that's fine. Because I, I don't think Andrew Benintendi's really built for New York anyway. But there's some, there are some really good players out there besides the two shortstops everybody wants to talk about. And, oh, by the way, um, Met fans, Kodai Singer to be a New York Met before the end of the week. All right. Uh, nice teaser there. Uh, you're right. Everybody wants to talk about the shortstops and Carlos Rodon uh, being the next available arm. Rodon's scary. If you hit, I mean, if he's healthy, he's great. But, I mean, that's another one of those signs that uh, we've seen it a year or two now. Uh, you know, has he gotten past it all, or is he going to uh, creep back up? So, uh, Chandler, man, it's been a pleasure doing this with you. We should definitely do some more uh, hot stove stuff. I don't know what your uh, thoughts would be about maybe uh, right after the first of the year, maybe uh, putting another one together as far as what's happened. Uh, but a quick uh, – a quick closeout, just anything you want to mention or bring to the to the table on the way out of here as we close the doors on the hot stove show today. Yeah, um, Brittany Griner was freed today. I'm so happy for her, for her family. Um, anybody that's ever been overseas, um, if you've never been overseas, you don't understand how scary it can be uh, because you're in another country and basically you can get arrested for pretty much anything. And they say, oh, that's our law. And that don't mean, and they don't have to let you go, you know, no matter what the State Department says. And for all of you people who want to keep trying to criticize, well, how come you can do this? Obviously, you don't understand geopolitics. It, they did not go. They didn't go there and say, hey, we only want Brittany. She was the only one they could get, so they brought her home. But I'm just happy for her and her family that, that she's back. Um, it was a lot of fun today, man. Had a lot of fun. And look forward to doing this again. Thanks a lot, buddy. Man, Chandler, always a pleasure as you to host. Hold on, let me get through the closeout so we can drop everything off. But uh, it's always fun to chop it up your weekend, week out uh, on different shows, man. Listen, we had the time of Sunday morning brunch at at 11 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. College cookout on Wednesdays and uh, NFL free for all right now on Tuesday nights. SportsCityChefs.com. Check out the site, the blog, the website, everything we do. Uh, barber, barber Shop on Clubhouse. Check it out. Laissez les bons temps rouler, as I always saying, as the big homie TP says, man. Tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. Sports City, Sports City, Chefs. Chefs. Sports City, Sports City, Chefs. Chefs. Sports City, Sports City, Chefs. Chefs. Sports Sports City Chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on the spoon. They well in tune, blowing like a flower in June. 